can't see you arrived. Or if you're new, hi. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm cheesy. That just kind of stays no matter what. So today's episode is about (laughs) somewhere between paranormal and science romance meets. (laughs) I'm not really entirely sure. Because it's about nano wolves. So it's got real werewolves, nano wolves, and this whole like jacked up season four Buffy feel <laughs> to what's going on. And fair warning, any squeaking you hear, it's because I'm at the library. And as you know, you don't always get to pick the tables. And the one with the better table was taken. So squeak, squeak. Okay. So the book today is Ariel by Donna McDonald. Now I've read I've read Miss McDonald before. I loved her Never Too Late series, and I will probably promote the hell out of that book series until I'm blue in the face because the characters were older. They were in their 50s and 60s, and they were refinding love and they were discovering themselves. And that's oh so important to me because I think that sometimes we forget that not everyone is 20 and 25 or 30 or even 40. So it's kind of nice to have that balance. And I'd read, actually, the preview of this book, God, I guess about five or six years ago. So I was like, oh, cool. This is awesome. This was released in 2014. It's on Amazon, which is where I got it for $3.99. I'm not really sure where else, just because right now Amazon is easy for me to access because I can take the Kindle app wherever I go, as well as on my computer, because I'm a nerd and I like to have a book wherever I am. Yay. Okay. So Ariel Jones is a doctor, scientific doctor. And she discovered that her blood plus the nanobites that they were putting in people created these weird effects, which bumped up the timeline. And her amazingly gross boss ended up creating her along with Heidi and Brandy, two women that were there at the uh, getting ready and they were nanobited out. It was a combination of werewolf blood and nanobites. The werewolf blood came from an older one that they had caught, a male, and he was an alpha of his pack. And so somehow his alpha transference actually made Ariel the alpha in the three women's pack. They can choose other packs, but they're kind of a pack together because there's no other nanowolves. I mean, you know, when you destroy the medical facility and stop people from trying to, you know, use you as rape material, I kind of don't mind. Ariel is really smart. She's 34. She's divorced. Um, She's also really, really caring. Like the two women, and Heidi and Brandy are under her control and actually becoming an alpha made a little bit more assertive than what she was before because she kind of had this weird, you know, backstory about her parents being shitty. So she kind of had to create her own way, which is why she married the jackass that she did. And then she divorced him and yay. Okay. So she's also super, super, she is super independent. And there's a couple of quotes I really like when she's referring to her self-agency that was taken away from her both, you know, by the, the system as well as the other people. And she goes, my wolf was just as mad about this mark this morning as I was. It was my human side which kept calm about it. I can't let myself care about another man who thinks he can control me. Those days are over. That's in referring to the mating mark and kind of what it does. And she's very self-aware of who she is, what she wants. And I think that's a new thing for her, but I really appreciated that about her. And she also kind of calls back to her ability to protect herself as well when she says, Matt grunted and smacked her ass as he flew past her in a full out run. Hey, I killed a man for doing that, Matthew Gray Wolf. Don't make me sick my wolf on you. And that's actually really true because the reason she killed one of the guys at the scientific place was because he grabbed her ass, which... No, sexual assault, not okay, not cute. I was glad to see he didn't survive that because he'd been doing apparently a lot more things. 
But there were some things I didn't really like about her, and I think a lot of it is because she was independent to a point, but then she easily like flip-flopped. She'll go from being assertive but not quite dominant to slashing a predator's throat without a second thought. You know, there was no exploration about that huge difference. Like, how do you go from being really quiet, really kind of yourself, to being like this badass? And I, I just, I wish that had been explored more. And she's way too easily romanced. I mean, like within the first like 20 or 30 pages, she's already fucking somebody. Why? Why are you fucking someone that you just met because you have an itch that has to be scratched? There was no like, why is this? What's happening? And I wanted a little bit more about her because she seemed to be pretty like buttoned up before she became an alpha. And she's kind of empty of a past. Like... You hear little bits and pieces, but you don't really piece together who she is. And I think that's really important if you're writing a lead. Like, you want to make me care about the person. You want me to engage and to root and to keep caring. And her past seemed pretty empty compared to the past they gave Brandy and the one that they gave Heidi, which I haven't read their books, but it's somewhat talked about. But one of my favorite, 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 favorite things is the relationship she has with Heidi and Brandy. So Heidi is a former party girl who was picked up to kind of party at the science lab. And, you know, she's pretty and she's sweet and she's caring, but she's got a strong skill in healing because it turns out that that's part of her pack. Ariel is strong and she's really good at healing and she kind of um, understands what is like to be needed and I think that's a nice element to put into something to kind of put in that you destroy something but you have to put it back together so how do you do that element and Bryn and Brandy is a former operative looking at why the company was actually using you know wolves maybe not at the time knowing that they were werewolves but why they were using so many wolves and she's very headstrong and independent and she's Ariel's beta um, she's not interested in mating with Gareth Matt's pack beta but you know apparently they all have to screw each other some have to go screw somebody and she relies on her instincts and the recent vision that she got from reed's bloodline reed being the the alpha that blood that was used in it and uh, it's pretty interesting how they all got something different from it and uh, there's one that i really don't like and that's cheryl cheryl is the jealous villain type woman who uses a uh, magic to try and obliterate ariel's wolf and ariel basically saves her from matt's death sentence because matt's like this is not okay it's you know it's not and they called it a mating present but i was just like nope hang her i mean she literally tried to take the wolf away like she was trying she killed her basically she tried to kill her the only thing that that saved her was a nano and so I'm just like, yeah, no. Cheryl goes, your wolf must never be freed again. Receive my gifts so the world can be done with you. And there was a lack of, of connection and how that worked against like the relationship with Heidi and Cheryl. Because literally we didn't, I mean, Heidi and Brandy, because we don't know Cheryl. She's just suddenly there in arrival. Again, that was my biggest complaint was there's a lot of good nuance there that could have been kind of given out and talked about and you know been a lot more like the never too late series but it wasn't it was just kind of like a b c and i really didn't like that as well there's matthew's stepmother who's a healer like heidi and who is training heidi and she serves as the kind of the balm for matt but she has no real depth like there, there's nothing that makes it the connection close and why it's there and i don't know i just i felt like there was missing some of the the growth in the women that I really look for in a book. And that, you know, it's very much centered around Ariel because it's an Ariel's point of view. 
So what are we not learning? What are we not seeing? And there, I think there could have been a lot more done to that kind of finishing out the picture that, that you give the, the reader's mind. And then there's something, there's a line that really bothers me. It's like, her mind was too logical to care about normal female manipulation. It just kind of works in tandem with shaming Heidi's party girl occupation that Ariel also did before she found out that Heidi was the party girl. It's just very casual sexism, and it's just not something I appreciate, especially with the normal female manipulation. I mean, doesn't that sound like a pickup artist you'd see in Reddit or, you know, one of those other many, many things that we need a mammoth to kill with? I didn't like it because that was his view of it. That was Matthew's view, but it still just did not work for me. It just kind of made me cringe. But I would definitely say that Ariel reminds me of some characters. Like, I definitely appreciate that she's a little bit like Elena from Kelly Strong's Otherworld. Not in the same way, mind you, but they're both very alpha. They're very in control. They're very, you know, aware of what they need to do, why they need to do it, even if they don't understand. Entirely, they can still follow their instincts and stuff like that. And that I understood a lot. What kind of reminded me was of... Elena, and that was when Matthew was telling her, I don't want you to go, but I'm not going to waste my breath begging a natural alpha not to do her duty. You must do what you feel is important and necessary, even if it means you end up running the black wolf pack when it's done. Because Matthew, her love interest is the gray wolf, so it's two different packs. But overall, she's a lot more, um, more of a less scathing Fred from Mary Janice Davidson's Mermaid series. Now, Matthew Gray Wolf is her mate, and Originally, I'd given him like a 25% of how much he sucks. But honestly, in truth, he sucked a whole lot more than that. Like there were some elements where he was kind and caring and he did all kinds of stuff. And that was awesome. But the other side of the equation is he was kind of a dick. He was very alpha. Like he kind of started veering into the alpha hole territory. And I just, I wasn't down for that. And honestly, I hated him. There was nothing there that redeemed him. There was nothing that made me want to go, oh, he's the perfect match. It was just, again, paint by numbers. And that was kind of detrimental to to the romance side because it was kind of a romance-driven plot. I mean, again, they started, like, screwing within, what, 10 minutes of meeting each other because she had an itch that needed to be scratched, literally. I mean, he had a clear relationship with his family, including his father and his, you know, step-family, which is good, but... I just wish the dynamic had been a little bit more explored because it felt like just because he was alpha, the rest of their stuff was not explored out well. The romance, I really was not a fan. And that was simply because there wasn't a lot of time to explore, to see what's going on, to see who's going on. And why would you get in it happily ever after, after knowing someone for like three weeks? Because I think about the time of the book is about a month. So why? Like, I want you to make me feel that this connection is real and I want you to make sure it's forever and... I really want to invest in that element. They use their wolf senses as a mate to kind of cheat. He's talking about her and he says, Are you serious? Not even a little bit. Your aggression thrills me. Your obedience humbles me because I have to work so hard to earn it. My wolf and I are thrilled beyond what I can describe in words to call someone like you our mate. Huh? You just met her. How do you know this? I don't know. I like to have a little bit more of a reality of meeting each other. And he goes on to say, I'm committed to you like no other with all that I am. One day, I hope your human side accepts me as completely as your wolf has. I know this has happened too fast for the cautious scientist in you. It's my goal to erase all her lingering reservations. Please let me love you. I love you, Ariel. I love you. No matter how complicated your life is. How? You just met her. Stop that. Like, if this book had been over three months, maybe. But, like, she's already become an alpha. 
gone and fought Reed's battles for him and his, come away as potential alpha, and now he loves her. Again, three or four weeks. Way too much at once. They definitely had a lot of sex. Again, it starts off that way. But I think the... And I think the mark is kind of denoting the possession, obviously. But I kind of didn't want her to be possessed in that way either because, again, she's just started her life. Why? What happened? How? I just wish I'd known a little bit more. And then... You know, they're, they're talking about the marking and how it's kind of affected them. And it goes, her wolf always made her strong. I really like the idea that belonging works both ways. My wolf is feeling very possessive of you right now. Matt's heart pounded hard to the news. How possessive is your wolf feeling? Very possessive, she whispered. I need you now. I need you badly. They need you badly. Oh, that threw me off. That's just so cliche. Like She's already said, I need you now. We got it. You know, in the sentence that I'm that I just described in, in the same scene, you can feel Ariel and her wolf sinking into the same headspace re- in response to Matt. His half-lidded eyes stared at her breast, enjoying the show. How possessive are you feeling now? He demanded his voice, husky and full of joy. Mine. Ariel choked out the single word, understanding what she was feeling at last. Again, if this had been later in, like, you know, a couple months, I would have totally felt for that. But I like the fact that the, that her two different elements are syncing up. And, of course, they're happily ever after together. They have their marking ceremony. Ta-da. And of course, and Reed Black Wolf is the one that whose blood was used to make her and Heidi and Brandy. And I, I want to talk about this because he had a lot of good aspects as a mentor, but he was so anti-rocking the boat that he was letting werewolves die. He was letting his grandsons run run things that definitely should not be run. He was just very vacant and un, and unnecessary there. And then, like when they found out that his grandkids and his family killed his one of his wives, he didn't even really budge. He reminded me a little bit of Samuel from the Mercy, Mercy Thompson series, but he didn't quite have the same charisma at all. Well, I think he's probably closer to Charles's age, but it didn't work for me at all. I mean, he didn't listen to Ariel really at all. And I said at first I was ambivalent, but honestly, I just don't like him. I felt like he was too passive. He was letting her do all the scenes, and it just it didn't work for me. Now, one of my favorite scenes is the, well, scenes, is when she keeps trying to change back from wolf to human with keeping clothes on instead of having to go find them. And it never works. And it just, it, it made me laugh because it's something that we all have strengths we can all do because Brandy and Heidi can do it easily, but she can't. And it's frustrating, but it's relatable. I think we all have that one friend that can do nothing right, it seems. Hi, I am that person, but anyway. But you, you know, you do your best. It just doesn't work and you get frustrated. And she just kept stomping around and trying to do it. And it was something very relatable considering her world was literally upside down because no one can know who she is anymore. And the with the fight going on and, and Reed's grandsons basically like putting all these wares and, and death, I still don't think we learned a lot. Like, not enough. Not enough to really move on to the next part because I don't think we got to know a good enough explanation. And this is technically a reread, as I mentioned, because I read it, like, I think the first, like, two chapters in one of the Never Too Late series. But I definitely wouldn't reread this book. And I'm not going to continue with the series. I'm going to be flat out honest because I think that it could have been something really, really good. But I think that it was just too much in one place. I think they should have either made the book longer or changed some of the timing. Just something to kind of make it feel like it's better than what it was. I'm a total fan of Donna McDonald. I love her, but I just, I don't think I'm going to look for her for this kind of work. I think I'm going to stick to stuff that's more like the Never Too Late series, the one that's a little bit more, it's not even Chase because I actually have sex in it. It's more maturity 
And I think sometimes these characters didn't feel that mature in this book. So I wanted to like it. I wanted to like Ariel. She was like ticking so many of my STEM boxes, but ultimately I just, I can't recommend it. And that makes me sad because I think that it could have been something really, really good. So today's podcast is going to highlight the Frankenpod, which is all about Gothic literature and, of course, Frankenstein. Morgan Mushroom does a really good job of creating these little mini episodes that are usually no more about 10 minutes, but you can kind of get a feel about what Gothic literature is, how it has evolved, and what Mary Shelley kind of did by creating these worlds within worlds in uh, the Frankenstein book. I personally love the episode about the women of Frankenstein, but that's because I'm really, really a big fan of deconstructing women, obviously, but also because I did a paper on that in the book, actually, about how the benevolence of the Frankensteins ended up killing both Elizabeth and Justine and why it had to happen. So I'm definitely like all about this kind of a podcast. And again, mini episodes, those are so easy when you're like trying to do something around the house or you need to, you know, do a couple of things. You can just listen to them back to back or you can stop and wait to start the next one. She's really kind of fun too. Morgan definitely has her own kind of feel and her own kind of spin. And it really, really works. And you can find them at the Frankenpod on Twitter. And you can also find it at thefrankenpod.wordpress.com. Seriously, they've already got a ton of episodes. You can get a lot of information. It's really, really awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.